Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. This is episode 18. 18 is the only number that is twice the sum of its digits. Regular listeners to the podcast will know we have a regular maths history feature from Nolan Bradshaw of the University of Greenwich in the second week of every month. Well... There's a special extra for anyone interested in the history of our subject. A couple of weeks ago I visited the Science Museum in London and met Jane West. She told me about some of the exhibits they hold as part of the mathematics collection. Hello, my name is Jane West and I'm curator of the mathematics collection here at the Science Museum. I've been here quite a long time and during that time I've been interested in lots of different topics but I think my favourite collection and my favourite topic here is mathematics. Um, you may think, well, mathematics is all done in the mind, or at most you might have a paper and pencil, nowadays, of course, a computer, but really there is plenty of things associated with mathematics, and our collection is absolutely magnificent. We have the best part of 2,000 objects, nearly all of them, I would say, beautiful, striking, and all of them certainly with a story to tell. Some of our objects are mathematical models. There's obviously a fascination with the platonic solids, which is taken to all sorts of lengths and extremities, and we've got some extraordinary coloured cardboard models on display here of all the uniform polyhedra. As well as those models, there are obviously Euclidean sets that people have used to learn with, particularly in the 18th century when Euclidean geometry was, was very much the key for a gentleman's education. We go beyond that into all sorts of weird surface models, particularly German, made in the 19th century. They're often plaster, they're sometimes string, they actually did inspire Henry Moore to make his lovely sculptures when he came and visited the Science Museum back in the 30s. Um, as well as the gorgeous models of all shapes and sizes, we have large sets of drawing instruments, some of which are absolutely gorgeous, some of which are really quite mundane and familiar, but we collect mundane things and special things because they all tell their own stories. We've got, as well as the usual attractors, um, compasses, dividers that people will, be, um, will know all about, we have beautiful proportional compasses, sectors, um, instruments for drawing particular spirals, particular shapes, um, ellipsographs for drawing ellipses, harmonographs for combining curves, and extraordinary instruments which were first produced um, to put off forgers on banknotes where, where you see even now these wonderful patterns these machines invented to make those patterns in the early 19th century. As well as the drawing instruments and the models we also have in the collection um, lovely mathematical quilts and mathematical knitting. Um, we have many teaching aids, we have calculators, um, mechanical calculators in, in particular and even simpler um, calculators such as Napier's bones and abacuses. Um, a lot of different instruments, all of which can be um, produced to make most magnificent displays. Our actual gallery at the museum was constructed in 1975, before even I came to the museum. Um, it's showing its age, but I'd say it's, it's worthy. Um, if you do have a maths degree or if you have A-levels in maths, you will find it very interesting. A lot of our audiences don't really get to grips with it, so what we are going to do is um, raise money for a new maths gallery which we hope will open at the end of 2011. We want to have the instruments as before, well not exactly as before, um, better interpreted, more appealing. Um, we want there to be more interactives, more art, 
and a larger gallery, we hope, um, twice the size of the gallery at the moment. We have a computing collection here as well. Obviously, computing feeds very much into the history of information technology, and we sort of draw a line, which is not a very precise line, but um, the electronic devices tend to be in the computing collection and the mechanical in the mathematics collection. At the moment, I'm preparing an exhibition called From Order to Obsession, where I'm looking at the way we like to order our lives through mathematics and how often that ordering gets taken to obsessive levels. We've got some wonderful things in the collection from um, an erstwhile chemist called Alexander Crum Brown, who made a lot of strange devices at the end of the 19th century, and he loved his mathematical knitting and he loved his surface models. We're also very fortunate to have material associated with Lionel Penrose and Roger Penrose, um, both of which were very interested in mathematical patterns and the way that they could be applied to the natural world. So um, that magnificent stuff will certainly go out on the web, even if it doesn't immediately find its way into the museum. One small part of the gallery, which I have managed to redo um, in recent past, is called Getting Your Sums Right, and it concerns um, the lower end of mathematics, if you like, elementary mathematics, and how people have avoided doing mathematics. Um, one particular avoiding mechanism was invented by John Napier, who was also the inventor of logarithms. Most people will have heard about logarithms and will probably have used them in a daily basis if they're a mathematician. Um, logarithms obviously completely revolutionised the way we calculate. In 1617, Napier invented his bones, which were aimed at people who had far less mathematical ability than those people who were using the logarithms. And the bones are a beautiful way of avoiding multiplication, instead of which you do addition. Um, you have sticks with multiplication tables on them. Say the stick for 5 will have 5, 10, 15, 20. Um, and you line up the sticks depending on what number you're multiplying by what number. And you can read across um, in a particularly special way and reduce all multiplication to addition, which is obviously what the aim was because addition is so much easier. Um, many mechanical calculators, in, in effect, do the same thing. They are adding machines and you just add a certain number of times. Other instruments we have in that particular display are abacuses. We have Japanese and Chinese abacuses, um, which are the bead sort and usually have in the Chinese case, two beads above the bar and five beads below. And the beads above are called the heaven beads and the ones below are the earth beads. And to move them into the sum, you move them up to the bar. And people using these abacuses in the Far East were incredibly fast at doing all types of calculation, that is, all four rules with, with them. Um, in the West, we tended to use a different type of abacus, um, which is not the bead, well, they used beads as in counters, but they weren't actually on the rods, they were separate. And you move them on a cloth, the counting cloth, and hence the word counter still survives when we're talking about a shop counter. That was where the counter would be, um, which was really a cloth with little tokens which you moved about in the same way as you really moved the beads about on an abacus. Um, slide rules are another large part of our collection, and slide rules were also used to avoid um, difficult arithmetic. Um, initially, particularly used by carpenters, actually, to calculate volumes and costs of, of pieces of wood. And another area they were used very prominently was in the excise. 
Now, you may well have heard of excise officers who used to travel the whole country in the 18th century. Quite a dangerous task because they were very unpopular. And they had to assess the amount of alcohol in barrels. And to do this, there was quite a lot of complicated maths involved. You had to estimate the type of barrels you had in front of you. Was it a frustrum of a cone or whatever? You had to find out how full it was. And then you did the... um, resulting calculations using a particular sort of slide rule which were very widespread and we've got several of those in the collections. Later on, James Watt um, of steam engine fame introduced a much more generalised slide rule which is far more like the slide rule of today and really was the basis of the slide rule today and that happened um, just at the very end of the 18th century. We've got a magnificent collection of slide rules, over 500 examples and also a lot of ready reckoners which were used extensively before electronic calculators in all sorts of trades. We've got everything from um, transposing musical scores um, into calculating nuclear fallout, um, the usual electric type ones, ones that convert one currency for another, quite a lot of um, rules and calculators to do with converting metric into the imperial system and vice versa, often including all weights and measures from around the world, which until the beginning of the 19th century um, was an extremely complicated business with almost every town having their own system of weights and measures. If you want to learn more about how mathematics was done or avoided in the past using Napier's bones in particular, then Jane kindly allowed me to record a video in which she demonstrates their operation. This is an interesting trick which is worth watching. You can watch this on my page on YouTube and I've placed a link in the show notes for today's episode. I say as well the Science Museum in London is well worth a visit if anyone's passing that way. I didn't really know they had the mathematics collection but it was quite impressive to see. Okay, you can download other episodes of the podcast, you can get show notes related to today's episode and find out more at www.travelsinamathematicalworld.com dot co dot uk thank you for listening